Is your mind blown? A little. Can you tell what it is? I think so. Is it Ozzy doing Rocky Mountain Way? Yeah, that was Rocky Mountain Way by Ozzy Osbourne. (laughs) Huh. Didn't know that existed. I, I didn't either, but uh, I kind of found it, and I was like, this would be perfect to bring the bring the podcast back with, set the right proper tone for the day. Uh, yeah, that I'm kind of, I, I, I really kind of like Ozzy Osbourne. I do too. Okay, do you? <laughs> oh, okay, for sure. I was, I was worried we were going to find a new thing to argue about. No, uh, man. I mean, I, I have a Black Sabbath poster in my room that I'm looking at right now, but I mean, even his solo shit. stuff is like pretty decent. I, I think so. I mean, there's definitely stinkers, uh, yeah. but he, he came out with a single. Oh, man, yeah, every time I hang out with you, I keep forgetting to find that fucking song. He came out with this single, and it was, like, honestly pretty good. It was, like, metal. It was kind of goofy. I think there's a line about being the devil and making someone shit their <laughs> pants. Yes, I love it. But I kind of fucked with it because it was Ozzy, that. and I'm like, I, I kind of like this. <laughs> I kind of like this, so... Yeah, but that's cool. I also fucking love Joe Walsh. That's actually probably the white trashiest thing about me. I didn't know you liked Joe Walsh because I was picking that song out and I thought that you hated Joe Walsh for some reason because you do hate hate the Eagles. Unfortunately, as a Lebowski, I have I, I am obligated to hate the Eagles. How I, I maybe except Seven Bridges Road. Seven Bridges um, Road is great. Yeah, I don't. I still don't know how people do harmonies that well. However. Yeah. Joe Walsh, I definitely fuck with all of his solo shit and the James Gang. Yeah, I I love Joe Walsh. Okay, good news, good news. I thought you were going to have a beef with that, mostly just because of the Joe Walsh Eagles connection. But yeah, no, I just sort of yeah, it's just, it's just the Eagles. We'll let Joe Walsh slide. Actually, right. the most successful Eagle. Uh, yeah, most likely. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> you remember when they did that country album? <laughs> They, they, they did all of their albums were country albums uh well uh, kind of <laughs> anyways let's but we're doing a podcast we're doing a podcast yeah so uh yeah welcome well i was gonna say welcome back but not really so wh- why don't you take it what are we what are we doing here all right so everybody welcome this is the vinyl frontier uh boldly going where two music nerds have never gone before or two idiots i'm still not sure what the best term <laughs> is um so for the uninitiated, uh, I am Eli. This is Mitch. Um, Margarita Miller. Own, Mar- yeah, a.k.a. Margarita <laughs> Miller, a.k.a. Grim Jack. We have uh, Mitch, a.k.a. Daisy Flower, a.k.a. Uncle Blazer. A.k.a. Daiquiri Daisy. Daiquiri Daisy, I forgot it. <laughs> I, I like Daisy Flower. That's kind of a cute name I, for you. I don't like that. Cut that. Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> cut that. Cut that. Cut that. Um, so yeah, we're uh, we're we're doing the vinyl frontier here. So we're we're hitting probably a level of nostalgia here because we you may know us if you're one of the twelve who do know <laughs> us from the Two Friends Three Questions podcast, which currently is going to be very confusing when you look at our Spotify page because we still have some housekeeping to do. We did a podcast, hundred episodes, and it's kind of I wanted to describe it today as a sort of chronologic lean of our friendship. Sure. Is how I find how I feel about two friends three questions. Started as a social experiment of a weird way of two guys getting to know each other. Uh and we did a lot of episodes on that. Um 
And uh, yeah, we we called it a day because I think we kind of felt like there wasn't more to really do with it. <laughs> uh, we tapped that keg pretty hard. Um, but uh, yeah, we basically decided that if you do decide to go back and listen to those episodes, because they will be there for anybody who hasn't listened to them, um, I'm hoping these will be better. There's probably some stinkers back there somewhere. I recall a few. They can't be worse, so... I, I'm hoping we're on the upswing, right? No, there's there's some actually really funny episodes in, in there, and it was it was a great time. Um, but we talk about music a lot, and I think that my thing here, the way that I view it, is because we talk about music so much, we might as well fucking keep doing the podcast and only talk about music because our tangents typically were only about music. So, you know, that's what we're doing. So it's a new mm-hmm. podcast. We're hoping new people will be a part of this. And, uh, yeah, we will fucking talk a lot about yeah. music. Well, it kind of started like we did this kind of like uh, reunion kind of thing where we did our top songs of 2022. And um, that was the first time we had podcasted in a while. And, you know, honestly, man, it just felt good to get back in the saddle again, man. It felt felt good. I had a super fun time with doing it. We both, I feel like we both kind of were, were missing it a little bit. So um, we're bringing it back, but um, hopefully with a little bit more direction this time, uh, a little bit more clarity. And um, hopefully we're going to figure some things out. I, I basically, the, those first hundred episodes, I'm going to, I'm glad we did them but i think i'm gonna call him a mulligan um we we got that under our belt we kind of know what we're doing now so yeah we yeah we worked out a lot of kinks and i mean a hundred episodes of just like eh. yeah <laughs> figured uh, shit uh, out a <laughs> hundred mulligans um yeah i i mean i've heard I've, I've heard a lot of people give us a lot of compliments because i think that i i know i'm really proud of how the podcast sounds typically i think mm-hmm. it ends up sounding pretty well for just two idiots uh rambling on about <laughs> a, a lot of random topics but um yeah so i think it'll be more streamlined we still have some housekeeping i think stuff will look weird so if you're at all interested bear with us um it's gonna look you know cleaner and i think it's just gonna be easier and easier and it's gonna make sense over time um but yeah so a lot to look forward to we like to do games a lot we kind of have a game today yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we're definitely going to still do a, do games. We have a lot of stuff planned. Basically, there's no. That's another reason we wanted to do like about a music because there's just no shortage of conversations that could be had. You know, it took me like maybe two minutes to write down like. 10, 15 ideas of fun stuff that I would enjoy talking with you about. Um, and again, we're no experts, but um, we've listened to a lot of music and we do have some opinions that, um, uh, like it or not, we're gonna we're gonna state them. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's I, I think it's going to be a lot of um, well, I mean, if you know, if you find us funny, uh, we we like to joke, we like we like to to horse around, if you will. <laughs> we're we're pretty, you know, we're uh, we're rascals, rapscallions, but uh, definitely just music nerds. Like actually, actually, uh, what we're going to be talking about today. Uh, reinforced uh, how heavily I'm just a fucking nerd about music. You yeah, know? totally. Good, 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 bad. At this point, I don't even care. I just want to know it all and learn it all. So yep. that's kind of where we're coming from. Same here. Yeah, and yeah. Not only are we going to share our opinions and um, information, but also like I wanted to do it because there are tons of stuff that I don't know about. Like when we went into that record store a couple weeks ago, that what was that one fucking like Yes album that that guy was talking about? 
Or oh, the Rick keyboardist. Wakeman. Yeah, Rick Wakeman. There, you started nerding out with some nerd about Rick Wakeman and about like, oh yeah, he's the best. And I'm like, I, I what is? I, I've never heard of this man. Um, so just moments like that make me realize, like, okay, I could, I could afford to, to learn more. Yeah. Now, <laughs> to the other guy's credit, I knew who Rick Wakeman was. Could not remember why. <laughs> okay. But he was like, oh, yeah, he's got four albums. The one and three are great. Two is okay. Four is just terrible. You don't even bother. Basically, he was going into the depths. (laughs) Yeah, and what I picked up is I forget what it's called. I want to say it's called The Wives of Henry VIII. Brick Wakeman, for some reason, made an instrumental concept album about all eight wives of, of Henry VIII or six wives of Henry VIII for whatever reason. See, that's incredibly weird, and I want to know that shit. (laughs) <laughs> and I picked it up not because I'm like, oh, Rick Wakeman. I'm like, why? <laughs> what? And I didn't even know it was an instrumental album at the time. And he was like, oh, there's no lyrics, though. And I'm like, well, fucking what? How, was this the, how can it be a concept album without any lyrics? It kind of looked like part history book, part <laughs> instrumental Rick Wakeman album. So that that's why I bought it. So to to that man's credit, apparently he was really into Rick Wakeman. I was kind of like, I know who this, I I know this name, really nerdy ass, yeah, like album <laughs> theme, and I'm gonna buy this for six dollars, and yeah. I haven't listened to it yet. <laughs> okay. So maybe maybe we'll talk about that in a future episode. Uh, hopefully. Um, okay. Um, well, you want to get into it? I got a little bit of something that I want to kind of talk about. Um, Sure, so, let's do that. Yeah. Unless you had any other like segments, spits. No, I'm rambling. I'm I'm filling space here. I'm just I'm ex- I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. Me too. And thank you guys for listening. I'm I'm excited to be back on this journey and uh if you like it, check us out on Facebook. Uh that's that's all I got to say. We have a lot more to learn about the yeah, we got to work ourselves. on our social media presence, <laughs> and, and trust me, that's coming. I mean, I, I do want to say real quick before we yeah. move on, and this is really weird for our first episode, but seriously, thank you. Like, a lot of people who have supported us, like, have been friends and stuff like that, but, you know, they've been really awesome about supporting us in, like, really cool ways. Like, uh, if we get criticism, it's very constructive. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of go out of their way to really compliment us, if, you know, of stuff they enjoy, and uh really anybody if it is only ever 12 people we don't care we really super appreciate it the the fact that people take time to spend their their time listening to us two fucking knuckleheads is pretty awesome so i'm jazzed either way but yes let's let's trim the fat let's uh let's get into it here mitch where start us off what did you want to talk about today okay so i had texted you i'm gonna go off on a little bit of a tangent here you gotta follow me for a second i'm gonna i'm going a lot got a lot of irons in the fire so i had texted you a link to check out pat finnerty's podcast um pat finnerty is amazing he had a podcast i think he's done with it he announced but he's doing he has an awesome youtube channel uh he's amazing basically i kind of had this idea to like go off and kind of take a cue from him and do something similar. So I was kind of doing some research last night about like what I can do. And basically Pat Finnerty's whole deal is his YouTube channel is called what makes this song stink, where he'll basically talk about songs or bands and why they stink. And I think it's always hilarious. Um, but I also kind of came to the terms with the fact that I, number one, I'm not going to rip him off. Uh, that's his own unique thing. Um, and number two, I'm not, I'm way too nice because I was trying to come up with like, well, I'll get into it, but 
I, I had this idea and it was coming off as mean, so I kind of like tr- transitioned. This th- that makes a lot of sense. As so, your friend. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to talk about. Well, the I, I will tell you what I was doing research on last night was um, I thought it would be kind of funny to pull up, and I'm looking at it right now. There's a website um, for there's a there's a certain venue in my hometown, and I don't want to like give up give up too much information or like make fun of the venue because they're doing the best that they can for a small town theater. But here's, I just wanted to read off their calendar events coming up in the next few weeks is just hilarious. Gotcha. Okay. So today, today there is an event called dragons and mythical beasts. You peak my curiosity. <laughs> That's what I thought. I'm going to pull up the details on that to see what this is all about. Apparently, they're touring. Um, here's the description. Enter into a magical world of myths and legends in this fantastical new show for the whole family. From the creators of Dinosaur World Live, this interactive show... <laughs> What's that? I don't know, but I'm in. Uh, This interactive show brings you face-to-face with the most magnificent monsters and terrifying beasts ever to walk the earth. Discover the colossal stone troll, the mysterious (laughs) Indrik and Japanese Baku, the tooth fairy. (laughs) Oh, All right, bit of a left turn. (laughs) You'll spend an evening among legendary heroes. Just don't wake the dragon. So if you want to go, it's happening in about three hours and tickets are $25. So Mitch, I will pay any amount of money <laughs> to go to that with you. <laughs> that sounds, it, I, it could be good. I, I would go for the story 100%. <laughs> it's just like just rows and rows of children. There's just me and yeah. you next to each other. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Get the dragon! <laughs> it's booing the tooth fairy. Boo! <laughs> yeah, that's the most random part. Why the tooth fairy? Like, it's it just seems so very out of place for me. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like <laughs> come check out the troll, ancient <laughs> Japanese folklore, the tooth fairy. <laughs> mm. So that, again, that does sound I, wild. I'm not. I, I, I'm not going to punch down and make fun of this specific venue or even my small hometown just because they have these weird-ass shows going on. Yeah, um, they've I had just it think, hard enough. I think it's cool that they're able to do events because from when I was a kid anyway, I don't recall them doing quite as much stuff. Their calendar is packed. So let me just continue. I'm not making fun of the venue. I'm making fun of the shows. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. Because <laughs> That's it, what I it, wanted to be upfront about. Yeah, it, and also, yeah, because I get it, because it is kind of silly to try to condense a show like like that. Like, <laughs> I, I still have a lot of questions about Dinosaurs Live, because I'm like, do they have fucking dinosaurs? <laughs> and because live is in the title. <laughs> it says live. Like, is this a Jurassic Park kind of situation? Because I'm freaking out. So, but yes, please, I, I would love to hear more of these. <laughs> okay, so, uh, Friday, February 3rd, mark your calendar for the Ultimate Doors tribute show. Uh, the, the day after that, Saturday, February 4th, put this down. Uh, Marshall Charloff in the Purple Experience seems to be a Prince tribute show. Oh, <laughs> I, I kind of thought Jimi Hendrix for a second. But uh, uh, also, at, at the Doors show, are they going to do heroin? <laughs> Could be. I guess we'll have to go and find out. It's the ultimate experience. <laughs> 
<laughs> then Thursday, February 16th, there's a comedian named John Reap, who I only know from the uh, Bob and Tom show. Um, oh. The Winery Dogs. They're going there. So, I uh, know who they are. I own their CD. You have a Winery Dog CD. There you go. I do. <laughs> I don't like it. It's not my jam. <laughs> it's not my jam either. <laughs> but I guess I get it. Then after that, Saturday, March 4th, Space Odyssey, the David Bowie experience. Fucking, le- okay, that I would actually go to. <laughs> I don't know. Is it a Dave Bowie tribute band? Uh, yes, 100%. Ah, uh, my, okay. Wow. That, they cannot book that many gigs, dude. <laughs> they seem to be doing okay. <laughs> really? Wow, okay. I, I would, I would maybe go to that one. Okay, all right. I, but see, okay, I'll, I'll bring this up real briefly. I... If a tribute band is really good, I really fuck with it. And I kind of think that you hate tribute bands. That's exactly what I was going to... That was, that was why I brought all of this up. Okay. Because most of the bands on this calendar are tribute bands, and I don't understand fucking why. So real quick, <laughs> we're going to get back to this. I'm just going to breeze through a few other ones. Uh, sure, sure, sure. Uh, there's going to be Art Garfunkel. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, hold on. Uh, Art, wait. Sorry. Art Gar... Wait, what? Art Garfunkel is coming to this venue like actually him pretty sure I, okay wait if, wait wait do you not like simon and garfunkel i fucking hate simon and oh garfunkel. okay all right let's move on <laughs> okay i don't want to spend too much time on that if the, oh we're yeah then there's america madagascar the musical wait the band america the band america yep yep they're all alive <laughs> <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> So a lot of these are just like super irrelevant, like very old musicians that, again, I didn't know. I couldn't have told you that Art Garfunkel is still alive. <laughs> no, no. I. Yeah, this is also, <laughs> we're doing a music podcast and we're like, Art Garfunkel is still alive? <laughs> I, mean, I will die on this hill. Okay. Um, oh, and then an, uh, an evening with Groucho, a Groucho Marx tribute show. So. Oh. That's, that can't be good. I'm yeah, sorry. cannot be good. <laughs> it can't be. But uh, yeah, man, mostly I just wanted to talk about like, because it's not just this venue. It happens constantly here in Fort Wayne. There are just so many venues that book nothing but tribute shows. And I don't understand the appeal. Like I, I understand the appeal because I've been to a couple tribute shows before and it's kind of a fun time. Uh, I saw a Led Zeppelin tribute show. It was fun. I, I, I saw a Paul McCartney tribute show. Where he did a lot of, like, post-Beatles Paul McCartney stuff, which is, like, you know, I liked it. Nobody else did. Um, I I guess the point I'm trying to drive home is what makes you want to, as a musician, commit your life to touring and covering David Bowie? Only David Bowie forever. He's amazing. I will give you that. But... uh, He's got a pretty big-ass catalog. It's pretty... It's it's cringy to me. Mm. Well, y- you know, honestly, I I can't ultimately disagree. Uh, well, there's one thing I've learned recently. Well, one, uh, I'll start here. So I got to go see Brit Floyd, which is, I think, pretty much the most popular Pink Floyd tribute band. Yeah. For me, really cool, because I fucking love Pink Floyd. I'm never going to actually go see Pink Floyd. Right. Because I'm not spending $3,000 fucking dollars on a ticket. Yeah. I will say that it was a really cool experience for me growing up with the music. And also they did like a phenomenal fucking job. Like 
it didn't sound like a trick. Did it? Like, obviously, we, you know, I know it's not Pink Floyd, right? <laughs> but it, it didn't sound like a knockoff. It didn't sound like shitty. And I was just really impressed with them as musicians, like for doing such a good job. And also, the show itself was good. The light work and stuff like that was really good. And it was awesome. I remember the only bummer of that experience was how fucking cold it was sitting up in like the <laughs> nosebleeds, you know, watching it. Yeah. But it was really cool. I've learned that musicians do music for different reasons. And I know that when I started to play music and I picked up music, I mean, one, I just wanted to play it like as a kid. But when I started picking up a guitar and getting into rock music and stuff like that, I wanted to write songs. I thought that the pinnacle of music was writing a song with your buddies out in a shed and playing it in front of people and everybody loving it and resonating with it. And, you know, that was the the dragon to full circle it for you. <laughs> The dragon that I wanted to chase. Yeah. But what I have learned is a lot of people, like, people get into it for different reasons. There's people who get into music and all they want to do is teach. There's people that get into music and all they want to do is become a master of their instrument. Mm -hmm. So, you know, to me, I don't really get why you would want to be in a tribute band but I think there's just people who just want to play live. There's people who just want to play studio sessions. Mm -hmm. It's just, it, it's, I, I kind of had to open my mind to the fact that I think that if you can write a, a song, like, I'm at, like Bob Dylan, right? He's pretty much universally respected as one of the greatest songwriters who have ever lived. That is the fucking coolest thing in the world to me. To me, that's a master of songwriting. Some people just don't give a shit. They don't want to write songs. They don't want to yeah. be they don't want to be recognized as that. They have their own lane of music that they fall into. And I think for some people it's just like I really love this band. I really love playing in front of people and I can weirdly enough sing like this person and mm -hmm. sound a lot like him or I'm really good at mimicking the guitar tone and really playing these guitar parts really well and, and that gets their rocks off yeah I get that um no I think I if you put it like that I I'm kind of more understanding because I I, I will kind of when I first started out I was a lot like you I wanted to to tame that dragon of writing songs and playing in front of a shitload of people um but basically in my old age and we've talked about this before I've kind of realized that like I've written songs we've written songs together and I'm proud of them and I think it's really cool but what I'm more about now is like one of the reasons I wanted to do this podcast is because like there is so much amazing music out there that has yet to be discovered and I've come to terms with the fact that I will never write a Hey Jude but there are Hey Judes out there that someone else has written that no one has heard of yet so yeah, I'm sure. kind of like it's kind of my mission now to discover that bring it to the forefront um and I don't really care about writing a Hey Jude anymore. It's not at one time in my life I did, but um, I, I would be totally content to be in a cover band. And in fact, I, I, there's been many times in my life where I almost did. Um, definitely not a tribute band, though. Like, a, a, I, I feel like they a, are different. They are very different. Di yeah. Well, I, I mean, I think a cover band, first off, you don't have to play nothing but the doors all the time. And that I think that's what... I don't fully understand about it. Like you're committing super hardcore to only to mimicking one artist 
And if you yeah. really like that artist, sure. Well, I think it, it's like I said, I, you know, I don't, I don't want to shit on tribute and cover bands, the good ones, because in all <laughs> fairness, there are tribute bands and cover bands that are fucking God awful and yeah. they really should just do something else. And right. I, it's, it's kind of like you said, like I still try to write songs. I, I haven't given up the dream of honing my songwriting skills and I am by no means Bob fucking Dylan. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I take a shot at it and I learn from it and I move on. If you're a bad tribute band, you know, it's, it, I, I do understand. I kind of resonate with it. Cause I kind of am like, what are you really doing? <laughs> what are you really doing? But I do think, I, I think there's an element of acting because a tribute band typically does one artist, but then also goes for the look the aesthetic, the yeah. uh, the show. I I mean, I think that's just like kind of next level because then they're like acting. At that point, it is a production. It's more like a play or a musical than it is like a concert. So that's kind of and where I, I can th- get behind that. Yeah, I I kind of think that I think in the essence that's where it's supposed to come from. But I think everybody's seen a shitty tribute. Band. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So answer me this: What, in your opinion, is worse, a shitty tribute band of and a legendary band like the Doors, or a great tribute band? Of a band that nobody gives a shit about because I did some mm. homework last night. Okay, that's a, a that's a very good question, <laughs> and I'm I'm not sure. Just for fun, I wanted to see. I googled Three Doors Down tribute band. <sighs> there are at least two that popped up on the first page of Google. There's a band called Kryptonite and a band called Citizen Soldier. <laughs> Uh, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I'm not familiar enough with Three Doors Down catalog to understand this is in Soldier reference. I'm sure it's some sort of reference. I, I think it's a song but, title. Okay, <laughs> but there are Weezer tribute bands. There sure. are there are tribute bands for bands that you can actually go see. <laughs> That's strange. So I think you know what this took me no time at all to arrive at a conclusion. I think. The worst is a really good tribute band playing a shitty band song. <laughs> yeah. You know, I... and sorry if you like Three Doors Down, but that's fucking dumb. That's so dumb. That's fucking dumb, dude. And I'm pretty sure, again, I'm not the biggest Three Doors Down fan. I'll have to find out, but I'm pretty sure they're still probably touring. Like, you can go see Three Doors Down for probably 25 bucks at the yeah, nearest at the county fair. Shitty, yeah, at the nearest shitty watering hole near you. Or you could wait till Kryptonite, the Three Doors Down tribute <laughs> band, comes to town and also probably pay $25 for a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same price. Oh, same no. Price. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. so I've been saving the best for last uh the last night at this venue i'm talking about in wabash there was a foo fighters cover band Mm. they're called two fighters oh fuck off i know that's not sorry that's not a good that's a stupid name it's very stupid two Um, fighters like t-w-o-t-o-o oh stop out there i'm 100 percent. you can look they have a facebook page they're based out of chicago Okay. And what I what I wanted to get your take on is I, I didn't go see the show. Um, it would have been interesting. Um, but what I thought was so weird is the the band members of Two Fighters 
look almost exactly like the counterparts. Like their yeah. the bassist looked like Pat or guitarist looked like Pat. The drummer looked like Taylor. And especially the fact that they're like still touring this closely to the death of Taylor Hawkins, whereas Foo Fighters still haven't been able to yet. Two Fighters is out there making money off of Foo Fighters likeness. It's just it's that's the most cringy part to me, man. And the fact that mm. not only do they play the songs, they wear they use the same guitars, they they look like that. They go out of their way to dress like them and do their mannerisms and Which yeah. is what a tribute band does, but that's a cringy line to me. I try to respect musicians and just what they do. You know what I mean? I I, I really do. It's just like I don't know, you watch uh, the halftime show at the Super Bowl and you see like a drummer or a musician up there doing their thing. I don't like their music. Uh, I don't necessarily think that what they're doing is very cool, I guess. Like it, it's just kind of lame, <laughs> but I try to respect people as musicians because, you know, me, me, the music world can be very gatekeepy and really shitty sometimes. And mm. you, you're hearing us just fucking shit on three doors down. So unfortunately, <laughs> it just kind of comes with the territory. For but sure. I, but I, but if we met a guy from three doors down, I would love to talk to him and just like definitely learn about how he hit it big with such shitty music. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I had to sneak that one in there. Um, however, you bring up a really good point. And I got to be honest, I don't want to knock a musician's hustle, dude. And and I'm clearly I'm not a good enough musician because I'm not living. I don't make my living through music. However, that is pretty fucking tasteless. Yeah. Especially if you look like him. I think, I mean, one of, one of the ways to even get around that is, hey, Taylor passed away. I'm not going to dress up like him. I'm not going to act like him. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm just going to play his drum parts and, uh, and and which I guess kind of loses the tribute thing, but dude, you you shouldn't do that. You yeah. shouldn't do that. And, and it is too close. Now, tribute bands doing it for bands that are older like The Doors, most of the members are still alive. Um actually, I'm not sure at this point. Actually, quite a few of them I don't rave the keyboard player, I can never pronounce his last name. I think he's still alive, but I think the guitarist passed away. Okay. Freddie, what's his dick? But, <laughs> um, I'm, I'm... speaking of tasteless. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. Pretty sure. Freddie, what's his dick? I don't know. He died. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he fucking died. Oh, no, Robbie. It was like Robbie Krieger. Robbie Krieger. I remembered. Ha ha. I got there. Ha ha. Anyways. You were so close to Freddie, what's his dick? <laughs> yeah, it's really the same name. <laughs> Um, eight ways to Sunday. Uh, I don't. Oh, fuck, man, you're kind of fucking swaying me here. This is not what the episode is about, by the way. No, I didn't mean to go on such a long tangent, but I wanted you. I, I needed you to know about the two fighters. Yeah, I, I, I I'm. Weir- you weirdly have started to make me wonder: Is it all tasteless? Like the David Bowie tribute band? Is somebody out there being fucking Bowie? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But I mean, it's the Bowie. I, I think that's a different story because Bowie died like, what, six, seven years ago? Like, same with Prince. Like, you got to give it some time to cool off. Yeah, I don't know. You've, you, you've, you maybe kind of swayed my initial. Because I kind of thought you might be going down this rabbit hole. And I'm like, oh, man, he does not like fucking tribute bands at all. <laughs> And he's kind of shits on him. So I'm just like, I don't really feel that way. But now you've kind of swayed me into this camp of 
God, is it all kind of gaudy and kind of a not very in good taste to play music of dead people and then go out and act like them? I think it can be done in good taste because like the the sentiment behind most tribute bands, especially like the Bowie one, the reason I'm totally fine with that is because like you're not going to get to see Bowie again. Um, whereas right. you can still see Foo Fighters, obviously not with Taylor, but the the fact that there is a band out there parading with a dude that looks exactly like Taylor in January of 2023 is like, that's and I, I I'm not gonna draw the line at all tribute bands, but there are levels. Uh, yeah, I I do think you're right. I think it's an interesting point. I know that if I was in a famous band and I fucking died, and there was a tribute band who still had me played by <laughs> God help whoever that would be. But if they did that, I'm pretty sure that all my friends and family would not really appreciate that very much. For sure. I wrote the songs, motherfucker. Get your own songs. (laughs) So, well, that was an interesting rabbit hole, and I will admit you may have actually swayed me on tribute bands. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'll I'll, I'll try to keep my opinions to myself. I don't want to shit on anybody who makes their living that way, but uh, I just hope you do it in good taste. Because they are people. At the end of the day, they're people. And not every, just because you're famous and a musician obviously does not make you a good person. Um, but with that being said, they are people mm-hmm. and it's, a uh, yeah, it's weird. I never thought about it like that. You're kind of blowing my mind. Good argument. Good argument. Sweet. Nate. All right. Well, thank you. Um, um we should probably move on. It's yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's okay. This, I mean, uh, this one will be a little bit long. I don't think all our episodes will be, but I think that we, we had some housekeeping. We had to warm people up, get them interested. This was actually, we actually could have done a whole topic on, on just what you just did. I honestly thought about that. I was like, maybe I should pocket this and like do a whole episode on it, but we still might. I mean, yeah. we kind of just did. There's yeah, nothing we, else to say. No, we got <laughs> to the end. You won. So you, I you won. And that's me. all that matters. So, um, but yeah, let's get into why we're actually here today. Uh, this is your idea. So I kind of, I kind of, you, you, you lead us in here. What are we doing today? Sure. Um, yeah. So basically kind of came up with this idea that, um, uh, we love music. We are both super into vinyl. we go to record stores a lot. Um, one of my favorite pastimes, um, is to just kind of go to the dollar bin and see if there's any cool finds you can get. Um, sometimes there's some really cool steals in there. Um, and a lot of times because of the price, you, you can just pick one out blindly and, um, take, take, take a chance on it and see if it's any good. So we kind of did that. Um, I was fortunate enough that Eli came to visit me a few weeks ago when we hit up a record store while he was in town. And, um, knowing that we were probably going to be doing this eventually, um, we both picked up a, a dollar record, um, out of the dollar bin uh and our assignment was just to go home listen to it and um see what we can glean and then uh talk about it so that's what we're gonna do yeah um it it was a really fun idea that really is like when when i first started listening to vinyl it's really pretty much how i bought all vinyl like what does this possibly fucking sound like take it home and listen to it 
uh, which burned me enough times that I'm like, eh, maybe I shouldn't do this all <laughs> the time. You spend ten dollars on a record, bring it home, and you don't like it. Yeah, it's exactly. Like, wow. Yeah, that's that that that's what that's the fun part about it because, um, well, the dollar bin, it's easy. Like that's a, that's an easy impulse buy. Exactly. Yeah. But every once in a while, there are some records that are just like completely like random that have the most with bands that you've never heard of. You have to base it off the album art alone, and sometimes there's this album cover that was just like badass and you're like oh man that this looks amazing i've never heard of them it's like you know let's say it's like 15 bucks you're like okay it's not terrible but also like maybe i should listen to it on spotify first <laughs> <laughs> right, right right yeah yeah exactly um but yeah no so i really love the idea and we did indeed do that and um yeah i feel like we both went down a journey and we both probably have some unexpected turns so i who do you do you want to go first do you want to do yours first uh yeah i might as well i can all right lead us off so tell us about i i have seen it and technically i did hear i think like the first couple songs i think you did yeah 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 so but but that's okay but yes continue so i picked out the record dennis edwards don't look any further um based off again album cover alone um it is just a dude a close-up on his face with a jerry curls uh, and a goatee. Um, and if I've learned anything from Noble Records' YouTube channel, check them out, is um, if you see an album cover with a dude with a jerry curl on the front, buy it, because it's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Pretty pretty general good rule of thumb. Also, I plan on when we, when we post this episode, probably on the Facebook page, I'm going to include the album covers there. Okay, yeah. Just so that way people can see, because, yeah, I don't know how I'm going to describe mine. <laughs> okay (laughs) at all so but yes continue yeah okay so um i listened to um the the first couple songs where i was like really feeling it It it's kind of like this uh early 80s funk influence but there's a lot of like electronic 80s uh uh influences uh, like a lot of synthesizers um and then yeah it was the first couple songs were like oh this is really fucking cool and then after the first couple songs i was like uh okay i'm kind of over this already mm-hmm. um it it i would liken it to <laughs> it basically sounds like the soundtrack of an 1980s action comedy so picture beverly hills cop um if you think about the soundtrack what's going on in the background during the action scenes and stuff that's what dennis edwards sounds like um but one of the reasons i was so excited to talk about it on the podcast is because i was curious who is dennis edwards why did he put out this album what is this um so did a little uh, deep dive on his Wikipedia page. Um, apparently, he, uh, Dennis Edwards, was a singer best known as the frontman in The Temptations on Motown Records. <laughs> Wait, what? Yep. <laughs> I'll, 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 allow you, uh, I'll allow you to process that. But, like, the lead singer of The Temptations? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, that's what I'm I I'm like, that, something doesn't make sense. But, okay. So, basically, he joined The Temptations in 19, I think, 67, 68. So, basically, oh. you know, five or ten years after their, like, hits and stuff started to come out. Um, long story short, he joined and. Uh, the Temptations as they were almost kind of going into this kind of disco phase of the 70s. Um, 
And it was also around the same time that the Temptations were like going on tour and basically they had like three or four or five different lead singers. Mm. Um, It was one of those typical Motown bands that like didn't have a singer. They all kind of just took turns singing and um, and that's kind of what his time in the Temptations was mostly. He was one of the the four lead singers that they had. But um, he's still a super interesting dude because uh, apparently at one point he dated Aretha Franklin. She actually wrote a song about him, um, and he ended up, says, briefly married to Ruth Pointer of the Pointer Sisters. Um, Damn. <laughs> so, uh, he ain't yeah, doing too bad for him, though. He wasn't doing too bad. He did pass away a few years ago, um, oh, okay. 2018. Um, and I was also kind of curious. Um, there's a really cool website I like to visit called Who Sampled, and it will basically oh. just show you every th- song um who sampled other songs and um if you look up uh his dennis edwards most popular song is called don't look any further um and it has been sampled over a hundred times um by some pretty notable artists such as eric b and rakim uh tupac lil wayne nate dog snoop dog tlc and weirdly enough young gravy huh (laughs) a lot of young gravy (laughs) I'm not lying. Young Gravy has sampled Dennis Edwards over 30 times. Fucking what? <laughs> That's what I said. Wow. So are you are you hip on Young Gravy? Can you please be? I'm I'm what what I've done this multiple times and I'm going to say it and I I know it's pretty dumb. I keep getting Young Gravy and Jack Harlow mixed up and I don't know who's who anymore. I don't think that's completely dumb okay is young gravy a white guy that looks like jack harlow he does look a little like jack harlow yeah okay so it's uh, i i don't know why did i because i think in my brain somewhere i thought jack harlow came out with a song called young gravy (laughs) it's really (laughs) fucked up in my head but i i don't believe i've ever listened to to the um adolescent rue i don't (laughs) know Sorry, that's pretty bad. <laughs> that was pretty bad. I, I tried it. keeping it in. Um, no, so yeah, I did, I was hoping you would because I know he's like this younger SoundCloud rapper guy that apparently has sampled a lot of cool like uh, R and B soul. Um, so that's kind of cool. It kind of makes me want to listen to it. But I also know that like he's kind of a meme artist too. Ah. Um, he's got he's got a lot of I don't know. He he's got a pretty crazy social media where he hits on milfs that's like his thing i swear to god i thought that was jack harlow (laughs) add his young gravy (laughs) can white people just stop (laughs) just stop a white dude sampled Dennis Edwards over 30 times? Yes. That kind of feels like you're cheating. <laughs> Look, sampling is dope. It's an art form. It's hard. I don't think it's easy. Uh, if you rip off one dude that many mother... It kind of feels like you're cheating. Yeah, I, I would say a little bit. I, I mean, I'm sure that he samples a lot of people, um, but 30 times is a lot for... Because I, can, I, can, I cannot name a single Young Gravy song. Uh I'm I'm not yeah, the nor I. Clearly I don't even know who the fucker is. Yeah, I'm not a SoundCloud rapper expert, but uh And what a weird vibe. You know what? Now I'm kind of turning the corner as I've sat with it a minute. 
does this dude just own every Dennis Edwards album and is just super <laughs> into him? Because that's kind of dope. Because I, one, why? I don't know. I guess the rip off is music. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, so this could be a whole another episode, but but um, sampling, it doesn't have to be like an entire riff. It could just be like the drum yeah, sound. Yeah, like a three second part. Yeah, and that's yeah. technically like, oh yeah, he sampled the cymbal hit from this song. Like, so yeah, true, true, true. true. Uh, yeah, I guess it could go that intricate, which is also why sampling is really cool, and maybe that's what he's doing. But yeah, that's that's just that's just bizarre. That that is wow. There's a lot of dots. Also, could you imagine dating Aretha Franklin? Oh, no kidding, right? I think she would not <laughs> let you get away with anything. Uh-uh. She wrote a song called Respect. And you better respect me. Yeah. <laughs> R-E-S K-B-D. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that was about all I had about Dennis <sighs> Edwards. Um, I, I, I Again, like, the music was mediocre. Um, I just think it's kind of an yeah. interesting random dude that, like, uh, and, and what I liked about it is, I don't know if you remember, but when I bought this, the guy that was working at the record store, he looked at me kind of like, he, he even made some sort of comment about like, uh, okay, that's weird. Um, because he had apparently, obviously, he didn't know who Dennis Edwards was either, which made me feel really good. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, he did make a joke. God damn it, I wish I remembered it. I forgot that. Yeah. Because I, 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 I think it was something like, I had also bought a Strain of Oaks album at the time. And he yes. made some sort of joke about like comparing Strain of Oaks and Dennis Edwards because they're wildly different, <laughs> yeah, that's completely different yeah. spectrums. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it did throw him that it was like, what is this guy buying? What, <laughs> what is this the guy hell story? are you into? <laughs> um, no, I I will say that I could weigh in on the Dennis Edwards album just because we did listen to the first few songs and I remember mm. it not being bad, but it got very stale very quickly. Yeah, which is to me the most interesting part that Young Gravy sampled him over 30 times uh completely (laughs) because i don't it it was not very exciting to listen to no i mean he had that one song that um don't even remember what oh it's literally don't look any further um the title track of the album is like the only song that people know him for and he's apparently the former lead singer of the Temptations. so you would i don't know it's just kind of a crazy trajectory yeah, yeah, no, it's also, it also sounds like he lived a pretty fucking interesting life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, I, d- I do find it kind of funny that he called the album Don't Look Any Further. It kind of sounds like he's saying, don't listen to this fucking thing. <laughs> Just get, buy my single, don't, don't I, dwell I any deeper. Th- I kind of, like, imagine the opposite. Like, you're flipping through records, like, trying to find one, and you're like, ah. oh, don't look any further. Like, oh, this is the one. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I am done looking. I'm going to take this one home and <laughs> this is a music nerd that takes everything incredibly literally. Right. I, I can't, I can't look at Dennis Edwards. Tell me. <laughs> yep. He, he said, this is the album you're looking for. Oh, star Wars thing. These are the droids you're looking oh, for. Oh, I didn't even Vital catch Frontier, that. Star I'm Wars, all, Star Trek. I'm, oh, yep. We're doing we it gotta, all. I'm also wearing we, a Star Wars shirt. You are. Wow. <laughs> I, I was, I got very distracted for a second. Sorry. That was a really no, good joke. That's all right. I was just trying to make it. I was trying to sneak in a Star Trek-ish reference because I knew like calling the podcast Vinyl Frontier, you're going to be doing a bulk of the heavy lifting when it comes to the Star Trek jokes. Yeah. <laughs> very true. I, 
<laughs> Look, I think it's a really good name, but I will admit there was a couple things we didn't think of. For example, sorry if you like Star Trek and music, because guess what? We're not talking about Star Trek. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and I love Star Trek, but I'm a much bigger Star Wars fan. Yeah. Uh, so unfortunately, yeah, you're not going to... I, I, I we'll, we'll find a few. We'll get there. We definitely will. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, all right. So, yeah, what about uh, you? You want to talk about your pick? Absolutely. However, I did forget to grab the album and bring it with me, so I need to go grab it. Yeah, okay. Boom. All right, and we're back. So, as, as always, I was terribly unprepared. Um, So, I had to run down and grab my album. You are out of breath, my friend. Dude, I, I ran down there. I took a piss. I'm a little... I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fat guy. It's right. Do you take a beat? <laughs> Do you <laughs> sit here on a podcast and catch my breath? <laughs> God, that... People listen like God. He's got to get outside more. What you got to got to do some sort of cardio. <laughs> got to do something, man. Um, all right, all right. I'm ready. I had to. I had to sort of center myself. I had to get ready to just go in to what sure. I experienced with mine. Yeah, I'm so excited. All right. So my album is Mr. Brian Bauer. I literally forgot his name as soon <laughs> as the words came out of my mouth. <laughs> That album art is amazing. Yes. And I am so, I really want to know what that sounds like. So, yes, Brian Bowers, 1977, his first album, by the way, The View from Home. <laughs> so, uh, like like I said, this will be on our Facebook, Knuckleball Studios uh, on Facebook. That's that's our, our shell corporation. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but the, the album art, well, I guess you could just Google the fucking album art. Sorry, I we I don't know who let us do a podcast, but we're stupid. <laughs> That's right. I I would love to hear you describe it, even oh, though they okay, can find sure. pictures. I just want to hear the way you describe this album cover. Well, one of the reasons <laughs> that I picked it up, and it's also really funny because you picked an album with a black guy with a Jerry curl on it, yes. and then I picked an album with a white gentleman. It's <laughs> just a white guy with a Jerry curl. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> Uh, is that so, what you said? No, I mean, it pretty much is. Yeah. No, I said I said a white gentleman. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah, he does not have a Jerry curl, but I will admit this is the whitest man that has ever lived. A hundred percent. Um, but yes, yeah, just a just a tall, slender dude playing the auto harp, which I knew fucking nothing about. So we're yep. I know nothing about auto harp. Yep, we're gonna talk I, about it a lot. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm thank you for doing the research on that because I was looking at it thinking it was called a dulcimer. So uh... you're you're actually not that far off. It's okay. all very similar. Um, but yeah, and he's he's just up there with his auto harp and a microphone, and he's kind of looking. At you, Mitch, you you'll have to look at the album cover where you could actually look at the picture. He's looking a little pissed off. He doesn't he look seems... happy. He, no, he doesn't. He really doesn't. He kind of <laughs> is like. De- I wonder if the sound guy fucked up his uh his auto harp tone. And he's like that motherfucker. That's kind of what he's what he's looking at. So now the album title, "The View from Home," seems a little like it seems a little threatening. <laughs> <laughs> he just comes home to his wife, and she's like, "Ah, this is what I got to see all day." Like, and him, he's just, like, him in a dark corner off. with the auto harp, <laughs> just staring at her. Yeah, the view from home, it's pretty it's pretty terrifying. It's very abusive. Um 
So I am going to read a little bit off the back. I don't I don't want to okay. burn too much time, but I, there's some stuff we got to talk about. Please here. do. Okay. Um, so we got the track listing um, and all that good stuff. He has a little special thanks section, which is actually really sweet. Um, and the, in the back here, the view from home, which I'm assuming this is, uh, is pretty oh, idyllic. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I really awesome. think this dude just recorded this in his fucking house. And I, I think he was just like, what, Brian, what do you want to do for the album cover? I don't know. Just take a picture of me. Uh, well, we got to have like two pictures. I don't know. I'll take a picture out my window. I don't know. Fuck it, man. I'm being an auto harp god. I don't have time to make these decisions. Um, so, uh, yeah, let me get to it back here. So there, there's the last paragraph that he wrote, assumedly. Uh, he said, this album is dedicated to Pop Stoneman. Which cannot be a real name. Pop Stoneman. <laughs> There's no way in hell. There's no way that's a human being. Um, Kilby, Kilby Snow, also pretty skeptical that that's that, a name. for sure. Sarah and Mabel Carter, Bill Clifton, Mike Seeger, and all the auto, ha- auto harps held in captivity in closets, basements, and attics across the nation. That is super fucking threatening. <laughs> Use the word captivity? <laughs> Boy, you better pick up that auto hop. You you use the word captivity in your bio, in your thank you section? About an auto hop. Well, here's the thing. This motherfucker loves auto harps. I can tell. (laughs) So this album is his first album. He released it in 1977. Let let me just talk about my initial, just, just the music on this thing. And then I'll go into kind of the more funny stuff. Um, yeah, I put this on and I spun it. And the auto harp has a very interesting sound <laughs> that is a little <laughs> grating at times if you're not really ready for it. Uh, but no, actually, I had a good time listening to this album. Um, there is hardly, it, it sounds very bluegrass, very gospel, very country. And a lot of times, there's barely any guitar on this. Okay, gotcha. There's a guitar track on like two things. Listen to this. Listen, dude. Hold on, let me find the right one. God, I should have prepared better. There's a song that I don't know what any of the instruments are. <laughs> like, hold on, let me find it. Because it, it's, I think it's later on in the album. Do, 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 do. Well, there, okay, I'm, I I did have a few beers when I listened to this. So maybe I'm misremembering. <laughs> um. But there's a song, Simple Gifts, on the second side, oh, okay. uh, where Kenny Bloom is playing the Bandora. Oh, Bandora. No idea. No, f- I <laughs> literally, you could probably hand me anything and say it's Bandora, and I'd believe you, just so I don't look <laughs> stupid. Uh, and then, and then, who, what else we got? I mean, we got like a mandolin, a lot of mandolin, um, a uh, mandola. You know, I do know what that is. Mm-hmm. Um I I guess that's kind of where I'm trying to go with this is just that I was really blown away at how much this just sounded like your grandparents' church music, Hmm. but it's played on instruments I have never touched. Right. So that kind of blew me away. It's very, 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 very folky. That is kind of cool. I was just thinking like, imagine so how tough it would be to be in a three doors down tribute band Imagine devoting your life to an instrument that no one cares about. And you use the words grading at times. <laughs> yeah, because this poor soul. <laughs> this dude had a 
one passion in life and he stuck with it because we're we still have a ways to go but there is a track on here that i funny enough i think the track that everyone should go listen to is doesn't even have any instrumentation it's a it's a it's only singing (laughs) there's no auto harp you're just like oh yeah the best part of this album is when he stops playing the auto harp (laughs) i hate to say it he's really good at it but i just it's a song called walking in (laughs) walking in jerusalem and it's a it's like a gospel song but it's really good the harmonies sound really good and this is actually a really solid pressing i was kind of impressed with the vinyl quality um but yeah, uh, it sounded great. Uh, the whole thing sounds very warm, very acoustic. There's no production. It's like basically just, I imagine the eight people who worked on this just sitting in a room with microphones in front of them and they Ooh. play the song through <laughs> on the first take and they're like, well, you want to go get lunch? Like it, <laughs> They did nothing except just record these songs, which is actually right. kind of dope. Um, but yes, admittedly, I think I liked walking uh, in Jerusalem so much because I had a break from the auto harp. <laughs> I was like, oh, there's no auto harp in this. Oh, okay, I kind of like this one. Um, so, okay, so that that's about the album. And it is good. I, I was kind of joking. It's just there are times where the, the auto harp, it's just hard to follow. Um, but you are right. The auto harp, um, you could just Google it and figure it out. I'm not going to go into too much detail, but it is very similar to a, ham, a hammer dulcimer. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very, you know, it's a, it is a harp. It's, you know, basically just a weird way to play a harp. Um, but it does have automized switches at the bottom. So like what is, okay, here's what I'll talk about next. This guy, when you look up the wiki article for auto harp, his name is in the first paragraph. Oh wow! So this dude is—he's a legend. Actually, kind of the king of the auto harp, and admittedly, it's more impressive to see than hear. Because <laughs> I, I, there's songs where it's just auto harp, and I swear to God, bitch, I'm not being hyperbolic. It sounds like there's 20 people playing <laughs> this fucking thing. It is wild sounding. It is very dense and very hard to follow. I. This album probably has about 700,000 notes because there is also mandolin yeah. on here and banjo, and they are just shredding. Yeah, wow. And the sheer fact that the way he plays this auto harp is fucking insane. So here's, I looked up some live videos of this guy. So in, in around 78, 79, he did a little like public assets thing and mm. talking about the auto harp. So here's how he plays it. His thumb, so he uses finger picks on his, well, with his right hand, his strumming mm-hmm. hand, okay? The thumb is the bass. The middle finger is the melody. The index finger is like the low mid. His ring finger is a high mid. And then his pinky, he kind of described it as just another melody voicing. Wow. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, what? How the shit? What? And like, and then he showed you. He did a "Glory, Glory, Hallelujah" was the song he played. So he did the rhythm, and you could hear the chords changing. And then mm-hmm. he played it, but he played the whole first part very like traditionally of like an average auto harpist would be familiar with. But then he was like, "Well, I was at a bar with this guy, and uh, we were doing shots, and uh, I got up on stage." <laughs> I'm not joking. This is what he said. He said we were trading shots of. Uh, 
of something and I uh, got up on stage and I just realized that I could take my pinky and I could just do this thing. Here's what it sound like. And then it's just wild. The man is wow. playing different things with his fingers. And maybe to people that doesn't sound crazy, but like that's not how instruments work. Like when you play the banjo, which I did try to learn and it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. You use about three fingers. And even if, okay, say you use all five fingers on a banjo, there's only four strings on a banjo. Right? right? Or is there five? There's five. There's five. Traditionally, there's five. Jazz, there's four. Oh, wait, really? <laughs> Jazz banjo has four, yes. Okay, I'm impressed by that. <laughs> Didn't know there was a fucking difference. I will get into this later. I learned that 45 minutes ago, and <laughs> too too long of a story to get into. Why? <laughs> sure, sure. Um, it's just coming around. <laughs> there's about 700 strings on this motherfucker. I still have not figured out how he knows what string he's playing because you know that he, is crazy you know what he doesn't do look at the fucking thing that's so wild to me because so you're you're a fairly accomplished drummer um i have attempted to drum and i'm bad at it because the whole idea is that your hand has to be your left hand has to be doing something different than the right hand right and then your foot has to be doing something completely different and i haven't practiced enough to really separate learn to separate my body in such a way yeah and that's only top you're doing four movements like you got four different limbs of your body all doing something different max um it's all part of usually it's all part of the same like rhythm it's all it's usually in like four four so at least you have like you know a sub beat so it's not up at some point (laughs) exactly yeah just the fact that you have to separate five different things and they're all on this hand blows me away and then he's hitting the switches (laughs) at the bottom to change the chords and shit it's crazy it's weird man i i yeah i don't it's hard to digest exactly what he's doing. And it may sound goofy to even like, if you're a guitar player, you're like, well, we kind of do that on guitar. Just go watch, like look up Brian Bowers on YouTube. Like, because it just doesn't seem like what he's doing would make the sound it does. Mm -hmm. And then let alone the fact that he's doing it at such a high level that you kind of, if you watch him play, it almost looks like it's a delay. Like it, it's, it's just, that's why I got kind of jazzed. That's why I'm a little bit jazzed up about this right now is because (laughs) like it was, I, I never thought I would see an instrument that I just didn't understand ever for my life. I, I felt like I had experienced the instruments around the world that we know of. And I, I was dead wrong because I, I watch him play and I'm just like, I legitimately don't think I could do that. Like, I think I could practice for years and years and I probably will never be able to play that. I couldn't even play yeah. the banjo. And this is like <laughs> eight banjos. <laughs> like, it's wild. So that was a lot of my points. What I did want to talk about, though, that was really interesting is, like I said, um, I watched some live videos of this guy. Well, what is really interesting is that apparently in about 78, 79, this guy uh, had a truck. And in the back, it it was like one of those those old uh, Fords, those old like Ford trucks. They're very fat, kind of wide. Mm-hmm. In the bed of the truck, he's got a, a, a shanty built that had a fireplace and a shower. So this is what this man said. 
He's like, yeah, I built this truck and, uh, you know, I got the thing in the back and I could always live out of that. It's got a shower, it's got a fireplace, and uh, I just, yeah, if everything goes to pot, I'll just, uh, you know, live back there. <laughs> As he drives up to a house that he bought in Seattle that, he's re- that he was restoring himself, and then he says... Yeah, I really like the uh, Japanese, like, way of decorating. You know, typically in, like, uh, you know, some Japanese homes, the minimalist ideology, there's just, like, one piece of furniture, and it's actually an art piece. And then they're walking through the house, there's no furniture at all. (laughs) And, and like, the voiceover is like, well, well, Brian Bowers, you know, restored the floors himself from this Victorian age Seattle home. And I'm like, what is going on? And then he goes upstairs, and there's a room, and there's just auto harps everywhere. Oh, my God. (laughs) And he's working on them. And I'm like, I can't tell if I want to be this guy or he's the loneliest man ever. Oh, for sure. Like, but he just was so fucking, he was like, if it goes to pot, I'll live in the shanty I built in the back of my truck. I, there's so many layers to that that I can't even break exactly. down. What? Thank you. <laughs> That's exactly how I felt. This is the most interesting man in the world. I, dude, I <laughs> swear to God, I would pay any amount of money to just hang out with him for an hour and just let him just tell me about shit because I, like, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> Here's the thing. He released music all the way up to 2006 and 2007. Whoa. And the last video I saw of him was 2019 when no he kidding. was 79 and he is playing shows at like folk festivals he did a a show at a public library what <laughs> which and he and he and he's just auto harping it up just slaying this thing at 79 years old and he's just this old guy and he and but but he te- like oh he taught that was a bit that was a big thing too like this guy loves folk music and really somehow was able to take his talent and his desire to have n- nothing flashy at all yeah because <laughs> you'll see him at seventy nine and he it, he you know what he looks like he looks like Kyle Gass <laughs> oh, no. he's got a big beard long white hair and he's just yeah. in a t-shirt that he tucks in and he's wearing like <laughs> nike new balances and he just sits down and he just <laughs> that's incredible it, it yeah so um it he he seemed kind of it, it was a bit of an inspiration i must admit because this guy just doesn't give a shit about folk unless it's about folk music he doesn't give two shits about anything else and i'm like oh in that older interview in 78 79 basically he just said uh i love the auto harp i love working on them i love teaching about it i love folk music and i'm just really hoping that i could just take my music and just do that until i die yeah, I mean, he's got to figure it out, man. We jest, but damn, dude. <laughs> exactly. Like, a, a lot of this is in jest, but uh, you're you're very correct because he's a... They introduced him as an auto harp master, which that's just fucking cool, dude. I want to be yeah. a master of anything. <laughs> right. I'm a master of being a fucking idiot. So, yeah, I, <laughs> I, I went down a very deep rabbit hole with this guy. I did not expect him to be, um, like famous is a very weird way to put it because he's not 
but he's a god in like a very niche community. Right, yeah. <laughs> so that was cool. And and yeah, weirdly enough, I have his first fucking album. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I, I wanted to look it up to even... I'm like, could it possibly be worth money? But I'm just like, wow. He doesn't have any money. He's going to live in a shanty he built in the back of his truck. That's only if it goes to pot. Oh, yeah. Only if it goes to pot. I'm absolutely going to start saying that. Well, if it doesn't go to pot, then we'll... Uh... He's just like a walking, talking cartoon character. You know, it it just doesn't seem to be real. Yeah, but that's so crazy. Yeah, I, I don't want to belabor it, but yeah, that uh, Brian Bowers. I mean, I do think you should like check him out on YouTube. Just look up a live video. Just uh, just just experience him. Is all I absolutely will. Yeah, that's all you really need <laughs> to do. And and I I mean, he is really good at the auto harp. It's just the auto harp sometimes sounds like a guitar. In a harpsichord, in a in a mobile that you put above Ooh, a baby's crib, yeah. it sounds like all of that <laughs> rammed together, and it's it's a little hard to digest. But but once you kind of turn on that critical ear and you start checking, you just realize that he's playing ten billion notes. Like yeah, it's yeah. It, it was an interesting journey for sure. Yeah, that's incredible. I am very excited to check that out. <laughs> so yeah, well, uh, there you go. And but. What a cool idea! I was I was talking to my wife last night, and I told her it's like well, I kind of got to give Mitch some praise on the podcast because this was a surprisingly good idea because I feel like my music knowledge just got expanded. Am I going to spin this yeah. album ever again? I mean, maybe once or <laughs> twice, but you know, I'm not gonna. It's not going to be in my top ten albums of all right, time. Right. Right. However. But- yeah, I feel smart. If you find yourself at a party and someone is really into auto harp, if they know how to play auto harp, I'm going to turn around and be... walk right out of that party because <laughs> it's lame. No, <laughs> no, but you could be like, oh, yeah, man. Um, yeah, Brian Bowers, he's amazing, man. And the auto harpist will go, holy shit, we're best friends now. Like, <laughs> I don't think I want that guy as a friend. <laughs> I got to listen to that fucking kind, kind, kind all day. <laughs> Mark, stop! <laughs> I get it. Um, no, I mean you're all right, but I yeah. I feel born rich. I have more musical knowledge, and that and that's kind of why we're doing the podcast, and that's why it's such a good game. So I love it. I love it. Good, good idea, Mitch. Sweet. Um. All right. Well, it's just uh, about time to uh, shoot this horse in the head and uh, put her down. <laughs> Yeah, I think so. Let's um uh did you did you have a what you cranking? Do you want to do you want to get into that? I did indeed. So two f- fans of two friends three questions will be delighted to hear we kept one of the probably <laughs> I don't know 500 segments we tried to do over the course of that. <laughs> right. Um we're bringing back a se- a segment at the end here called what you cranking. Which still sounds weirdly sexual, I might add, but very much so. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've done it for too long. We're just keeping it. Um, yep. <laughs> we actually have a playlist that I'm a little bit concerned about how you can even find it now. Well, wait, didn't you publish the playlist yourself? I, yeah, I made the playlist. Oh, yeah. okay. It's um, yeah, it's it's just called "What You Cranking." W H A T C H U. I think I threw an apostrophe in there because I don't know how to spell "what you." Um, and then just cranking. Yeah, I, I, if you try <laughs> enough, you'll find it. But basically, <laughs> yeah. it has. We we would do the segment at the end there. 
and we would always talk about uh, a song or an artist that we were listening to, and we made a playlist of all those answers. So we kind of kept this because, one, we want to talk about stuff we're actually listening to, and also to just have that be the world's longest playlist. Because I think last time I checked, it was about a six-hour playlist. Oh, it's very long. Yeah. Um, should we prune it at all, or should we just let it lie? Uh, I think we'll go back one day and prune it, because I think we have, like, stand-up bits. and. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So as of right now, um, there are 141 songs and nine hours and 33 minutes of music. And also five likes. Apparently five people have followed this playlist, which is like, why? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind the of most a random. It's the most eclectic collection of why are these together? Yeah, that's the only <laughs> issue with it is is it, it it's good for about four or five songs at a party. <laughs> and then it's going to either be a stand-up bit or the entirety of a Pink Floyd album. <laughs> right. Or then it's going to be like George Gershwin, and it's just yeah. going to really kill the vibe. For sure. Um, oh, anyway, so yeah, we're going to probably continue to add to this. Um, so what I have been cranking um, this week is um, I went to a show Friday night that was pretty awesome. Um, I've been a big fan of St. Paul and the Broken Bones for a while, and they happened to be at a venue like five minutes away from my house, so that was cool. Um Man, St. Paul and the Broken Bones are incredible. Um, yeah, I've talked about this before a lot um, on the old podcast. Uh, I'm a big fan of Neo Soul. Basically, any songs that sound like their 60s and 70s, like soul and R&B, but that modern artists are still doing. And that is basically what uh, St. Paul and the Broken Bones is. Their first album is this really killer funk album. Um, and the guy, the lead singer, his name is Paul Janeway. He's the super interesting dude that was just born and raised in Alabama. His dad was a pastor, that typical story. His parents listened to soul music all the time, and he just decided to start his own band, and they're doing soul still um in 2023 which is really cool um and he his voice is incredible man he sounds he can sing the dude can sing he sounds like otis redding um he can hit those really high notes that I have no business hitting. It's fantastic. But um, they've also kind of done this cool... um, I I kind of have been listening to their entire discography lately where their first album was kind of a funk album. Their second and kind of third albums were not not quite as funky, but more of like uh, smooth soul R&B, but also mixed in with some cool, weird, modern, psychedelic kind of stuff. Um... So they're kind of doing this really cool take on Psych meets Soul, um, which I'm into. And then their latest album called The Alien Coast, um, that was an album that I have to admit I didn't like at first because it's basically a disco album. They Okay, plot twist. They went, they went hard in the disco paint, and I... I, I I didn't really listen to it that much until like literally this past weekend. Um, there are some really good songs on oh. it, enough to make me go like, "Do I like disco?" Man, look, <laughs> I fucking love KC and the Sunshine Band. <laughs> All right, it is what it is. You know, I, I I think the thing with disco is that not all of it, none of it is great, but not all of it is bad. Yeah. 
fair yeah and honestly like the 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 instrumentation especially dude yes. the bass guitarists on disco songs they are moving up and down that fret like they are there, there's so many moving bass lines well did you it blows my mind did you happen to see and i swear to god it's real the video of dave crow talking to pharrell about how he ripped off the uh the intro to smells like teen spirit from the gap band uh i've i don't think i've seen it but i've heard about it i think you might have told me about yeah, it you, yeah yeah Dave Grohl is a disco fan. Yeah, yeah, disco. Well, they drumming. did that DG's album. Oh fuck yeah. yeah, they did actually. Yeah, I think he just likes disco. But no, yeah, he literally <laughs> okay. was like, and he actually met the guy that he ripped off that drum beat from at a party at at Dave Grohl's house. Funny enough, oh, yeah. and he was like, "Hey man, I just want to say thanks. I've been ripping you off for years." And he was like, "I know." <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> I was like, "That's super funny." <laughs> that is fantastic. Um, but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, St. Paul and the Broken Bowls, I'm only going to weigh in because you turned me on to St. Paul and the Broken Bowls and kind of Neo Soul because up to that point, all I had was Alabama Shakes, really, at that point. Mm -hmm. Um, And then St. Paul and the Broken Bones kind of sent me down that trajectory. But yes, that band is amazing. I remember I showed you they did that kick-ass Tiny Desk concert. Yes. And um, where he, like, got up on the table and he was wearing these gold sparkly shoes. Oh, it was so good. Um, Oh, and then at one point in the show, they, they, um, well, I told you this already, but they kind of, like, came out into the crowd and he basically did that. He stood up on a bar top and, like, five feet away from me and was just going crazy. So that was incredible. They put on a hell of a show. Um, go see them if you can. At one point, they did a cover of Spotty Addy Dopalicious by Outcast, <laughs> which blew my mind. Well, mostly just the instrumental part, but uh, right, sure, it was so good. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I definitely fuck with it. Like I said, yeah, you kind of you kind of turned me on to Neo Soul a little bit. I always knew it was there. Sweet. I just never really listened to it, you know? Yeah, man. Um, man. What you got? All right. What you cranking? Yeah, so what I am cranking is... uh, Sorry, I thought I wasn't recording for a sec. Um, What I am cranking... So I found this guy literally yesterday. I was doing chores on my Spotify, and it said, Trending Albums for You, which makes no sense as a sentence, (laughs) because I've never listened to this guy before. That is true. Uh, So I didn't really understand, but it was a guy called Cam Cole... And he released an album in 2019 called I See. And the first song, I just, I, I kind of dug the cover. And that's kind of why I picked it. Because ah, yeah, I see. I, I, A digital vinyl bin pick. It, actually, yeah, kind of, <laughs> pretty much. Um, because I'm the fact that it said trending for me made no sense. And the fact that it was an album cover I never saw and looked cool, because I'm very nerdy about album covers, yeah. um, that really made me wonder what the hell, like, what is this? So I clicked on it, and sure enough, I fucking dug it. So um, the song that probably you'd want to add to the playlist is the uh, first song of that album, New Age Blues. And it should sweet, okay. And it should be a song that you should check out because it's going to kind of clue you in if you like the guy or not. Because here's the thing. The album itself, not very good. Well, That's a bummer. it has <laughs> bangers. And then he has a song that is an acoustic song, and I swear to God it had seven verses. Like, it went (laughs) on and on, and the melody changed. I thought I listened to three different songs. It was one song. Wow. But he's a very interesting songwriter. But this guy definitely does, like, a new age version of the blues, but he's basically playing, like, a distorted resonator. Oh, Very crunchy, very cool sound. But his voice is not very bluesy. So that kind of threw me a bit because I expected him to just like sound like, you know, Chris Stapleton or something like that. 
and he's kind of got a weird kind of nasally whiny voice hmm. like a, a little dylan-esque at times i was kind of surprised um so yeah kind of just threw me for a curve but it got me listening and i really liked it and he also he also had a song that weirdly sounded like a tool song interesting okay it's kind of a journey of an album i definitely think it's an album to check out if you're into alternative like blues and and you know soul music i don't really want to say soul there's nothing about it's really soul yeah crunchy grungy blues is the best way to describe this guy that makes sense. I pulled up pictures of him because I kind of wanted to see what you're talking about. And he looks like he's straight out of those uh, the Sons of Anarchy. I feel like he should be a cast member on the Sons of Anarchy. Oh, wow. You know what? I never <laughs> saw a picture of him, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do that, too, before we uh, head out of here. Ban- yeah, bandana, long, kind of tattered hair. There's literally one picture of him on a motorcycle, so maybe that's a little too on the nose. <laughs> Is this a picture of him just bleeding from his fucking nose? Is that a tattoo? That's what I was trying to figure out. I think it is a tattoo. There, it's in a couple different pictures. <laughs> Biker hippie is the best way I could describe this. For sure. And his yeah. music definitely, definitely <laughs> resonates there. But yeah, I mean, he is a cool guy. It's interesting. The reason I point out that the album is not like amazing is just because like no one can write perfect album after perfect album and, and uh, apparently unless you're Kendrick Lamar but my <laughs> point being is just that you know it is interesting to hear somebody just do something wildly that you kind of haven't heard before that's a hard right. fucking thing to do yeah so totally. I, I want to check out more of his catalog and really see if he's worth diving into I don't know if that's the case but I will say that that initial album was very interesting to listen to so you should definitely check it out if you like the blues at all and just cool. see where it takes yeah. you um, but all right, guys. Well, we have boldly gone where two music nerds have never gone before because I guarantee you no two people have ever talked about Dennis Edwards and Brian Bowers in the same conversation. <laughs> nope, this is the type of shit you can only get here, folks. This is a this is a first time event in humanity. <laughs> that is crazy to think about. Like no one would ever do that. There's no way. keep coming back. Keep coming keep back. back. There'll be more of that shit. Oh yeah, there's gonna be more. There's gonna be more. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you for everybody listening. Um, We will uh, definitely be back. There's a lot of housekeeping stuff, and I think that's why I'm rambling about it. It's I still haven't gotten organized, so when I try to talk about it, I'm not very (laughs) organized. But hang tight. Keep checking out the podcast. Uh, You can check out Knuckleball Studios on Facebook. That's going to be where a lot of information will be. So check that out if you're curious, and maybe you want to go back and listen to two friends, three questions. I don't know. It's pretty good. I scream and yell a lot and get kind of drunk. It was good times. There's 100 episodes out there. You got a shit ton to go back and listen to. But um, yeah, uh, that's about all I got. Thanks for listening. Um, All right. Thank you, guys. Uh, I guess beam us up, Scotty. Beam me up, Scotty. Scotty. Uh, That was terrible. Can we take that again? (laughs) 